When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's time for another round of Hey, Mary Kay on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Doug Murray is hosting this week with the great Mary Kay Cabot. Questions from our tech subscribers. Mary Kay, good to be with you as always. Great to be here. Thanks for, uh, for doing this tonight. So we have good things from our Browns insiders, and we hope you guys are, are putting that on your radar. If you're not a Browns insider right now, certainly should be thinking about that. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the start of Brown's training camp. But let's start off, and and Mary Kay, you know at times uh, I get a little antsy when we talk about contract stuff all the time. It's mostly because I don't know anything about it. I am more than happy to pass the questions along to you. But as we record this, you recently were at Baker Mayfield's camp for kids, and he spoke with the media there. And so there's a little, a little freshness to this that is different than what we've been talking about all offseason. So we will say this. Hey, Mary Kay. This is from the 203 area code. Baker states no worries about the contract extension. Do you believe him? Could the contract be a distraction, especially as other key players hopefully get extended? So I love questions like this because it gives you a chance, Mary Kay, to let people know again if they haven't read your story, if they didn't see it when it happened, what Baker said about it, but then we get to interpret it. Mary Kay, what do you think of it? You know, I really do believe him right now when he says that he is not worried about this. Uh, I believe him uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, Josh Allen's contract is not done yet. And Lamar Jackson's contract is not done yet. Those are two quarterbacks in his class of 2018. He is going to want to compare his salary to what those guys get. He certainly believes that he is as good as those guys. Okay. Uh, There is no doubt in Baker Mayfield's mind. You know him well enough to know that. I know him well enough to know that, that he stacks himself right up there with the best in his class, if not the best in the NFL. So there's no way that he wants those guys to go out and sign contracts that are going to be worth whatever, $41 million a year or $42 million a year. And he's going to settle for something less because he doesn't have the same resume that they have yet because of everything that he's gone through. So that is a major reason why I don't think he's fretting about this right now. Uh, and that there are others, but that's the first one. So one of the things that I think is interesting, Mary Kay, as I follow up on this, is when you have players in any sport playing for a contract, you know, that's a, that's a very interesting situation. I think guys can either press, right? They can try to do too much. They can like, like sort of not be themselves because they're trying to, to prove something too much, or they really can let it motivate them. And it kind of brings out the best in them. If Baker winds up playing this season without signing an extension, do you have a read in your mind on which way he would lean? Would you, would you think potentially he could press trying to show something or would it be, would it bring out the best in Baker to play that way? 
Well, first of all, this is not a press oriented offense. It's not an offense that lends itself to forcing things. There are so many options in this offense. That's why it's so quarterback friendly. That's why uh, it's kind of the it offense in the NFL right now that, that so many of the top teams are running or at least running a version of it uh, because there are just so many things that you can do out of it. Uh, there's so much marriage between the run and the past. There's so much ambigu- ambiguity between those two things. And there are so many options. So it, it doesn't lend itself to spraying the ball all over the yard and trying too hard and doing too much. Uh, you know, you go through your progressions, you have outlets, you have options. And that is why you see, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world and the Baker Mayfields in the second half of last season, really cutting down on their interceptions and increasing those touchdown passes. That's what uh, this offense does for most of those guys most of the time. Uh, So I don't see that happening with him. The other thing is, I think he's so confident in this offense right now, finally heading into his second season for the first time in the same offense. I think he's so confident that I don't see him pressing. I also don't see that. I don't believe that he will have those voices in his head that tell him you've got to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. You've got to get the ball to Austin Hooper. You've got to get the ball to Jarvis Landry. It's his now. He's the undisputed leader. It's not like you've got some Pro Bowl veterans up here and he's down here. No, no, no. That's not what it's going to be all about. He's up here and everybody else is going to be down here. Now, now, nobody's going to say that in a minute, but just from a confidence and leadership level, he feels confident enough to lead even savvy veterans who have made Pro Bowls. And I, I think you will see that this year. I don't think he's going to be trying to get the ball 10 times to Odell Beckham Jr. if it doesn't make sense in that particular game. So I don't think he's going to press uh, this year. I think it will bring out the best in him. I think uh, that it is an opportunity for him, and I've mentioned this before, it's an opportunity to put another six, seven, eight games potentially together so that they can see one full year in the Kevin Stefanski offense. Like here's one season of what we think Baker Mayfield can be. And this will inform where he's going over the next three or four years. Uh, And I think that he's excited to do that, especially in this offense, especially with Odell back, especially with the new wrinkles that they're going to put in and the added things that they're going to put on his plate. I think he can't wait to get out there and prove that he deserves to be right up there with the best of them. I think it'll have a good effect on him. Good stuff on Baker Mayfield. This is uh, a a little less at the forefront, Mary Kay, but this is an area where, you know, we spend a little less time talking about this kind of stuff. Hey, Mary Kay from the 419, how confident are you in the Browns kicking game this year? Well, you know what? I think Cody Parkey will be better. I think he ended on a, on a very strong note. And I, I think uh, that that, w- that bodes well for the future for this season. Uh, I, you know, I think he'll settle down into it. Uh, he's got a little bit of competition now in camp. I, I don't think it's serious competition necessarily for the job. I think the job is his. Uh, but, you know, he's got somebody breathing down his neck a little bit in John McLaughlin. And um and I think that uh, I think that he will pick up where he left off in the playoffs when he made all of his kicks. Uh, he he made all of his field goals, made all of his extra points, and that says something. That says something when you're playing at that level uh, and you need every single thing to go right. And he nailed it, and he did that. Now the place where he struggled at times this year uh, 
were in those extra points during the season and you can't be missing Mm -hmm. those. They're 33 yard, you know, sort of not the chip shot it used to be, but still you expect to be making those kicks and he missed an inordinate amount. So he's got to get that figured out and I'm sure he will. Uh, But I think it'll be fine. This is a question in the same kind of range. Hey, Mary Kay from the 804. It's Dave Barnes in Richmond, Virginia. We don't talk much about our specialists for obvious reasons, but I do think they're really important. I mean, how many times were we holding our breath during extra point and field goal attempts? I know Charlie Hewlett is under contract for a couple more years, but what's the status of Jamie Gillen? And then Dave goes on to ask some of the kicking questions that we just covered. What is the status of Jamie Gillen? Do you think this guy, fan favorite, is the long-term punter for the Cleveland Browns, Mary Kay? I I actually do. I mean, I think he, uh, once again, as you mentioned, he is a fan favorite. Uh, He's an incredibly hard worker. He's established himself here with the team, with the community. Uh, He, even though he uh, is a special teamer, he sort of almost transcends that a little bit. He's got some personality. I mean, you see him on on social media. Uh, He looks like he could play safety, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's not built like a, uh, you know, like you would expect a punter to be built and, and he's got that, you know, rugby background and uh, he just, he brings something to the table. And once again, his work ethic is off the charts and he's a, a fun member of the Cleveland Browns. He's good for this football team. And I think he's going to be around for a long time. We'll take a quick break on Hey Mary Kay. When we come back, a couple trade questions, which are always interesting to get into. It's one of those things that fans love to talk about. I love to talk about And we'll get Mary Kay Cabot's insight on that next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Doug Lamarie is back with Mary Kay Cabot. Again, be a Browns insider. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Check it out. Texts, daily newsletter, every story on our site. Great time to try it. This one is is sort of in the news, Mary Kay, given the uh, injury to Cam Akers, the second-year running back for the L.A. Rams, who's out for the year. And as soon as that happens, I mean, the Rams think they're going to win a Super Bowl. They got Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay, is they're geared up for this. They have great defensive players. What would the Rams – this is Hey Mary Kay from the 817. What would the Rams have to give us to make a trade for Kareem Hunt worthwhile? That's Richard from Texas. I understand the question because, right, I mean, the Rams are looking around. Where can we get a back that can help us reach the Super Bowl? And Kareem Hunt is the best backup running back in the NFL. What would it even possibly take to to even start a conversation, Mary Kay? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you had to put a number on it, I, I think you'd almost have to. I mean, I think you'd have to go first round pick. I think you'd have to go first round pick. I think he's that valuable to the Cleveland Browns right now because you saw what happened last year. Nick Chubb missed four games and they really didn't miss a beat. Now they played some of the best run defenses that they faced last year when Nick was out. So, I mean, you look at it and you think, oh, well, you know, Kareem didn't produce the way that Nick does. Well, you know, you have to take into account uh, that they played Uh, the better run defenses during that stretch. So he wasn't out there, you know, getting 120 yards a game, Uh, but he held down the fort extremely well. There are very few uh, combos. There are very few tandems like this in the NFL where you can just, one guy can leave and the other guy can, 
can step in there and completely get the job done. Now, in a year when you really are trying to get to the Super Bowl, uh, that is not a player that you want to give up. Not only is he an excellent runner, as we all know, but he can do so many more things. I think the package for him this year is going to be expanded greatly. I think it should be. Uh, I mean, I don't have any, nobody has said to me, hey, we're going to do so many more things with Kareem Hunt this year. It just seems obvious to me that you have to. There's so much more that he is capable of doing uh, just in terms of, you know, where he can line up or catching passes out of the backfield, playing in the slot, splitting out wide, you know, put those two guys on the field together. Uh, but the, the true value comes in. If you let, lose Nick for any length of time, uh, you can plug him right in there and it is go time. Uh, so I think the price would have to be extraordinarily high. And uh, the other thing to remember, there's two other things to remember, three things to remember. You don't have your bye week till week 13. That's a long, long time. Uh, you've got to pace yourself. And I think that they'll divide the workload a little bit more this year. You have 17 games for the first time. Uh, that's significant. And then you expect to be playing like 20 regular season games and three preseason games. So that is a marathon. And you've got to get through that. And I think they want that one-two punch to do it. I think you'd have to give them the moon. Andrew Barry is constantly balancing the present and the future. He wants the Browns to win now, and he wants the Browns to win long-term. Kareem Hunt is legitimately a really important part of them winning right now. And again, we're going to end up talking about this kind of stuff. We have talked about it. I think you could argue this might be their best chance to win a Super Bowl doesn't mean they will. It doesn't mean they can't next year, the year after the year after there's just a lot geared to this. Mary Kay, I, I don't know that there's ever, you know, a line in the sand that you would not cross no matter what. Right. But I think this would almost be it. I'm like, listen, like if, if someone called you and you're Andrew, Andrew Barry, you just say like, we're not making any trades for the future right now. So we're not trading anybody who matters to us for a pick. If we even get 1% worse this year, like we're not doing it because we built for this. And like, to your point, you can do things in life where you say, well, I mean, we're not going to do it. What would it do? Like two first round picks for Kareem Hunt. You say something that it would never, and if the Rams say, we're so desperate, we'll do it. Then you say, oh my gosh. But like, to me, that's almost where we are, Mary Kay, that this is the year. And like too bad Rams, go find your guys somewhere else. I just, to your point, you said it would be the moon. Like it might be the moon and a half that I, I just, I just think, that Andrew Barry is just like, I just, I'm not accepting those kind of offers. And I'm like, okay, we'll give you Kareem Hunt for Aaron Donald. But like, we're not doing this because this is about the Cleveland Browns present. And I'm just reinforcing what you said. But do you think that's kind of where Andrew Barry's head would be in a situation like this? I think so. Absolutely. As you've mentioned, we've mentioned this before. Uh, this is their prized pig that they're taking to the fair. This is the team that they have put together to try to win the Super Bowl. They had their offense. They, they put that whole thing together last year. This year, they put together the whole defense. And this is it. This is the their addition of what they think can be a Super Bowl contender. If this isn't it, I mean, I don't know what is, right? I mean, right. what the heck would be if this isn't it? So that's what we're looking at. And yes, in order to uh, shake and rattle that, I, I think you, I think you'd really have to, uh, I think you'd really have to knock his socks off with something. The other thing to think about and consider with Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, when you're looking at trying to get to the Super Bowl, you have to look at small details of things that you might not always think about. One thing to think about here is. Kareem Hunt playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, if it comes down to that. I mean, there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into that. 
I mean, he's there. There's a, a whole revenge factor thing. And, you know, he he would try to put uh, the Cleveland Browns on his back and, and beat the Chiefs, just like he did last year. You could see how much it meant to him. And I actually think that, you know, if they get to that point again against the Chiefs, you know, ride that a little bit more, ride that wave, uh, take advantage of that. There, you know, it means something to players uh, to to get sort of that type of, of revenge or to play with that emotion against a former team. So even something like that can get you over the top. Uh, so I, I absolutely think, uh, you know, that's another reason. It, you know, it'll be a factor in the first game. It could be a factor in the AFC championship game. So just one more thing to consider. All right. This is a hey, Mary Kay from me very quickly because I am doing this in a hotel room a nice spotless hotel room. And I finally feel like I'm in Mary Kay Cabot's house because we do these on Zoom. David Anderson, our videographer, puts videos up on our YouTube channel. You guys have seen Mary Kay's living room. It's so lovely. It looks like a hotel, Mary Kay. Is this what your house always looks like? Or is everybody running around with like, oh, you know, Mary Kay is getting ready to do a, to do a Zoom. Everybody, make sure the house looks right. You live in it's a wonderful place. It's the, the white, the plants, and there's I have stuff all over my house. Is your does your house always look like this? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. I mean, this is like the only and actually I'm looking right now and I see some things in the background that like I we shouldn't be seeing like a remote or something like that over there. But um, no, not at all. This is the only slice of the house that I'm that I was able to carve out that looks halfway decent. Like I have to sit right here because everything else is a disaster. And like my <laughs> friends just laugh at me. Uh, one, one of our best friends are like, oh, you really kind of like, you are pulling it off and making it seem like you've got it all together and you really don't. And we know that you don't. Now so, I feel bad. Now I like we gave it away. Mary Kay, you had me fooled for like a year of this Zoom stuff. Oh, You're doing no. a great job. No, it, the, the only thing I will say about the about my living room is this is a very old uh, house built in 1924. And it's got like a lot of little it's got a lot of nice architecture in here. So I've got French doors and French windows and things like that. But it's like a little uh, it's, a, it's a little old cottagey sweet house. And I I think this part of it shows pretty well. All right. I feel better. <laughs> I feel better for the mess that is my life. Um, all right. Let's continue with the trade. Another trade question. Hey, Mary Kay from Roman in Cleveland. Does Andrew Barry feel like they have more moves to make before camp or is there someone that's still on the radar? And again, this is sort of like, OK, well, you know, not trading guys away. Could there still be some guys that Andrew Barry might bring in before this season actually starts? Well, Andrew is aggressive. And as we mentioned, I mean, this is the year, this is the year that they're going to do everything that they possibly can to try to make that Super Bowl run. So if he finds something out there that intrigues him, he'll go out and try to grab it. I don't feel like they have anybody like that, that is on their radar at this time, but sometimes things present themselves that you didn't know were going to present themselves. Right. I mean, and, and you have to toss your hat into the ring and if it's going to make you better uh, you would be willing to do that. And he will always, always be willing to do that. Sometimes you have to do it out of necessity. I mean, last summer they had to go out and get Ronnie Harrison after Grant Delpit ruptured his Achilles tendon. Of course, they're hoping they don't have a cam acres type of situation. They're hoping that they have luck because in order to get all the way to the Super Bowl. 
or even the AFC championship game, you have to have luck. You have to have health. There will be three calamities, uh, at least, on, you know, on some level every year. Three things are going to happen every year. You just have to plan for them and you can't freak out. They're go- going to happen and you just have to just move through it and just say, you know, we're this. it is what it is. Um, but at this point right now, you know, I, I don't see that they're going to try to trade for a Stefan Gilmore or that they're going to try to trade for Xavier Howard or someone like that. I think they feel pretty good about their cornerbacks. Um, I mean, those guys take the ball away a lot, but I do think that you're going to get more of the takeaway game from this secondary this year, obviously, than than you did last year. You know, they've made, you know, again, as you said, Ronnie Harrison late last year, Wyatt Teller last minute the year before with, with John Dorsey. Like we have seen this before where the Browns have been able to find like guys who turn out to be really valuable Browns, but the better they get Mary Kay, the less likely that is to happen because actually they may be doing that. There may be teams taking some of their guys, right? That some of their guys that here's a guy who's probably not going to make the Browns or that the Browns feel is expendable because they can get a pick for him. You know, maybe it's a guy like Mac Wilson or, or, you know, just somebody like that, that I think they'll be losing the Wyatt Teller or Ronnie Harrison types, maybe rather than bringing them in, because again, things can happen, but this roster is as, man, I guess an NFL roster is never complete. But it's like as complete at this point in in a in a preseason in an off season as as you could expect, I would think, right? Yes, absolutely. And the other thing to consider, um, you know, is the economic profile of some of these guys. I mean, not only do you have to make a trade, but in many cases, you would be looking at a contract extension for that guy, or if it's it's a if it's a player that's good enough, a cornerback that's excellent, he's going to be making eighteen million dollars a year. Well, you're about to extend Denzel Ward, and he's supposed to get up into that stratosphere, uh, and it's coinciding when uh, with Miles Garrett's big payday uh, coming due, where they're going to actually have the the big cap number coming up for him. Then they've got Baker Mayfield. They've got Nick Chubb. They've got Wyatt Teller. They've got Ronnie Harrison going to the last year of his contract. So from an economic standpoint, uh, you really have to think about those things too. Now, of course, you've got your two receivers uh, that, you know, you can play around a little bit with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry perhaps next year uh, where you don't hope to be paying them the $31 million combined. But when you're talking about the Gilmores, the Howards and those kind of guys, you also have to think about the money part of it. All right. We'll finish up. Hey, Mary Kay with this. It's from Jim and Olmstead falls and Mary Kay. He's going to take us through the quarterbacks in the division that aren't Baker Mayfield. And we'll take them one at a time. We'll break them up. So we don't give you an avalanche of quarterback thoughts. Hey, Mary Kay. So much talk about Baker, but what's your take on the other quarterbacks in the AFC North? First off, is Joe Burrow set to improve? Yes, Joe Burrow is set to improve. I love Joe Burrow. I mean, I just love his game. I love his mentality. I love his mindset. Uh, there are so many things I love about that quarterback. And boy, I look forward to watching some really good AFC North quarterback duels over the next 10, 12, how many every years? I think it's going to be amazing. But they have to protect him and they have to surround him with talent. And that is a lesson that the Browns learned over the years. And with Baker Mayfield, they're getting it right. You know, they put one of the best offensive lines in the NFL in front of him. They're not going to get that guy killed. And Joe Burrow has got to be protected. He's got to have 
a lot of talent around him to succeed. Now, he is also, I, I believe, the kind of player that can raise the level of the players around him. I think uh, he did that last year. I mean, he almost put, he almost strapped that Bengals team on his back and beat the Browns October 25th. That was a hell of a game. And that was a game in which I've said this many times, his defense let him down in that game. I mean, he had Carlos Dunlap and those guys did not play that game. I mean, they were over on the sideline putting their homes up for sale and trying to get the heck out of Dodge. So, uh, you know, he had to overcome that. That's a lot for a young guy to overcome. I thought he did a phenomenal job, uh, but it's also hard to come off a torn ACL. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I really think that the upside is tremendous. And I just hope that uh, that he gets everything that he needs in his career to be successful because the NFL needs guys like that. I think that, I think there is room for a Joe Burrow jump for sure. Right. I mean, just year two in the league, he's got the same coach. They did add some guys on the offensive line. You draft Jamar chase, Jamar chase, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd as your top three receivers is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon's a really good running back. He does have some, some skill guys around him and you know, he right when he was trying to figure it out, you know, Justin Herbert with the Chargers got a whole year to show what he could do. Joe Burrow got short circuited. I, I agree. I think I think there may be room uh, for a pretty sizable jump there. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Hey, Mary Kay, is Big Ben actually on the decline? Now, I, okay, he's not on the rise. He's not on the rise, Jim. We all know that. But. Could he still be at a nice kind of comfortable veteran quarterback plateau, which we have seen more and more quarterbacks these days sort of hit that and and be able to sustain that longer? Or is he, Mary Kay, do you expect in 2021, this really maybe is the beginning of of the end of Ben Roethlisberger's NFL career? Well, I think that that we will find out a lot about him this year because last year, of course, if we all and we all remember, he was coming off of an elbow surgery, a very, very serious elbow surgery. And who knows? I mean, maybe he maybe that elbow surgery was the beginning of the end for him. And most people thought it would be. It's either going to be that or another year out of the elbow surgery and he's going to be better because of it because he's more recovered because because the elbow has gotten stronger since last year so that's one thing another thing is when you get to the level that he's at uh, you really do have to take care of your body i mean the only reason why tom brady is uh is playing as long as he is is because he's really working hard at taking good care of his body and here's another thought i asked i did a a, disc, a panel discussion. Actually, I moderated a conversation uh, out of town with Mike Singletary two nights ago. And I asked Mike Singletary about Tom Brady. I said, you know, can you even believe that he's still playing at this age? And he said, yes, because it's it's a different era in quarterbacks. They, they don't get hit the way they used to. They It's a different game for them today. They don't get taken down uh, the way that they used to. The rules have changed. And so I thought thought that was very interesting because I really hadn't really thought about it quite like that. Uh, And so if Ben, if Big Ben is protected a little bit more, I think that will help him. And then also uh, he's going to have a a running, a better running game this year, but they still don't have the offensive line. He's got the Mm. receivers. I mean, he's got really good receivers. He's got a good running back now. And, 
we're not sure about the offensive line. I mean, and that is the whole key. So it's the elbow and the offensive line. If those two things are better than they were last year, then I think you can't write him off. I mean, they have a good enough defense and a good enough supporting cast on the offense that I think they can win some football games this year. 39 years old, some guys moving in and out on that offensive line in Pittsburgh. So it, it will be interesting to see. But again, um, you know, he has a robot arm. He has a robot arm. So so that matters. But I'm, I would bet decline. But I also think that given what you said about NFL quarterbacks these days, you could lose some money betting on an all-pro quarterback's decline and saying like, oh, this is the year. This is not. Oh, this is the year. And you might say he's ready to decline three or four years in a row before it actually happens. So obviously one of the big things we're following in the division. Last thing. Hey, Mary Kay. Is Lamar Jackson looking to take a big step forward? We had on Aaron Schatz uh, on the Tuesday podcast from Football Outsiders. We just talked briefly about Lamar. There's that hole in his game throwing outside the numbers. There's like a clear area where Lamar Jackson can get better. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They're trying to give him more weapons, right, Mary Kay? The guy's been a league MVP, but the way Jim phrases this is, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, sometimes are ready to give up on Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's not as good as you think. Could it be that there's there's actually a lot more still in there for Lamar Jackson? And as Jim says, could he be taking a big step forward? You know, I do think uh, that there could be a lot more in there for Lamar Jackson because he's so athletic uh, that you can do so many different things with him. And, uh, you know, just his arm has improved each year. I think he's gotten uh, to be, he's become a better passer each year. So if he can continue to do that and he seems to have the work ethic to want to do that, uh, you know, I, I do think that, that he can get better. Uh, the other thing that I've always thought that they should do uh, was to have sort of, uh, you know, another quarterback in their back pocket that they could throw out there onto the field in certain situations for a changeup uh, to do some of the things that Lamar n- might not be able to do, a more of a pure passer, you know, somebody that can just be, uh, you know, that quarterback that you need uh, to, to complete that pass in a situation. Uh, I know that seems really unorthodox and weird that I would, it would even come up with that, but why not? I mean, I, sometimes I think people treat quarterbacks with kid gloves and, you know, they're just untouchable and you can't, you know, you can't platoon, you can't do this. You can't take them out for a play. Why not? I, I would do it. I would do it. And I think Lamar is the kind of person that you could do it with. And I wouldn't do it a lot. Uh, but I think in certain situations, you could throw a change up at a team and, uh, and, and I think it would add a new wrinkle to the Ravens offense that, that would be difficult to defend. It's interesting. We've, I think, come to accept when the wrinkle is the other way, right? That the saints, right. Taysom Hill comes in as like the guy who's athletic and can run at quarterback and that we accept, bring in the runner, bring in the athletic guy to, to sub out the traditional passer I don't know that I have ever heard anybody suggest sort of doing it the opposite way, but it's one of those things, Mary Kay, you you would give a defense something else they have to prepare for each week. Even if they think we might see this guy for a series, right? We might get him for a series. Right. And it would take, you know, they'd be 10% less prepared for Lamar Jackson because they'd be slightly preparing 
for this other guy. So it is a fascinating thing. And if the Ravens do it, Mary Kay, we will make sure to credit you because I, I, I also have not heard a lot of people say what you said about what's the big deal. Why? I mean, everybody else gets subbed out receivers, take a break, you know, Nick Chubb, he's, he's sharing time with Kareem hunt. They're, they're rotating three tight ends, but miles Garrett comes off the field sometimes, but a quarterback again, Mary Kay, I, I know what you're saying. I think pe- some people would push back against that. Like, listen, confidence, right? It's so important at the position. But I think if you establish it the right way, and it's not like Lamar, it's not you're, you're not going to lose your job. We're just trying to win games. We're trying to keep a defense on its heels. And we're trying to help you by taking you out every now and then. Mary Kay, you might be onto something. Well, here's the other thing. You can't do that with everyone, right? I mean, you're just not going to do that with Aaron Rodgers or someone, right? But you can do it with Lamar. And I think as as the league evolves and uh, you you bring on some of these different types of athletic quarterbacks that can do different things, uh, but might have, you know, maybe a limitation here or there, uh, you know, why, why not be super creative? I mean, you're already being creative. The, you know, the Ravens had to tailor their complete offense and change it to fit Lamar, right? I mean, you had to be able to play to his strengths and do what he does well. But do you have to do that all the time? I mean, why don't you incorporate some traditional drop back, big arm passing dude, and occasionally just have that in your game? Uh, and I mean, it's innovative and it's different, but it's something that I would do. And I mean, I, I don't, I've never heard that they're planning on doing that. I don't even know who they would get to do that, but it's something that I would think about doing if I were on their staff. It's one of those things I think sometimes in sports, when a guy has a rare skill set and is excellent in a way at something that he's better than anybody else in the league at what he does. But then often the trade-off is if you're so good at something that you're better than everybody else, the trade-off might be there's then there's something that you're not really very good at at all because it's hard to be exceptional in one area and still very good in everything else. A lot of times you have somebody who's good they're good at everything, but they're neither exceptional nor below average in anything. But sometimes you have to take a little bit of the below average with the exceptional. And if instead of taking it, you say, you know what, we're going to help you with the below average and really lean into your exceptional. And that means this series you're out or, you know what, the game's going this way or they're playing you this way or the weather is this or whatever. And rather than being blind to the idea, it reminds me a little bit of like Giannis Antetokounmpo in the NBA finals, that there are things he does that nobody else can do. But if you could have, I mean, he was amazing in game six from the foul line. If you could have subbed him out at the foul line and said, well, let's get a guy who's really good at foul shots, who can't do anything, can't block shots like Giannis. Let's do that. But you can't. But with Lamar, maybe you could. Like, that's just help you a little bit where you're not quite as good and lean on your exceptional Mary Kay Cabot changing the face of the NFL. And I'm not making light of that because the thing Mary Kay is in sports, we are set in our ways about a thing mm-hmm. until somebody tries something different and it works. And then everybody copies it. Yeah. And if anybody ever did what you're saying, we might open up the world to a type of situational quarterback that we have not opened our eyes to yet. Right. And it's almost like the reverse wildcat, right? I mean, why not? Occasionally you throw the wildcat in there, you know, like you said, you do something uh, like that. So it's sort of the reverse of that. And again, I don't necessarily think 
that it would work in every city with every quarterback. Uh, but I think Lamar doesn't have much of an ego. And I think that he would uh, accept a little bit of a change up every once in a while. Although, I mean, you know, we remember him bounding out of the locker room and coming back in and winning that football game. Right. Uh, so it's not like he's not competitive and wouldn't want uh, to play every single down. But I also think that uh, in the right situation that he would be open to a little bit of a surprise attack, something a little bit different. And why not? That's Mary Kay Cabot. You can send the haze to her if you are a Browns insider. It's one of the things you get to do if you're a tech subscriber. So again, a great time to do it. Always fun to talk to Mary Kay Cabot. And guess what? This was the Friday pod. And when we come back next week, like it's go time. Mary Kay camp is going to be here. Scott Patsko and I did some podcast, did a podcast this week. That is probably the strangest orange or brown talk that's ever been done. We were saying to ourselves, it feels like we're nearing the end of football things to talk about. It feels like it's time for camp to start. Does it not? <laughs> oh, that's great. Everybody listen to that. I'm sure it's fun. What camp is this for you? Do you know? Oh my gosh. I don't really know. I haven't counted it up. It's kind of like my age. I really stopped <laughs> counting a long time ago, but, um, but I think it, I mean, it, it's gotta be 30 or something like that. I don't really know, to be honest with you, but it's, it's up there. The number is way, way up there. It's time. It's time for football to be back. Make sure you guys are reading cleveland.com slash Browns. Make sure you are listening to the orange and Brown talk podcast five days a week. The crew is going to be out there next week. We're going to be talking about stuff that is seen live. It's going to be a fun start to this Brown season. Mary Kay Cabot, great as always. I'm Doug Maurice. Thanks to you guys for listening. And that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.